0: Log Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the most rewarding ways to celebrate life is by sharing stories with our grandchildren, especially those that educate them on important life lessons, and that's where our guests today come in. Joanna Ho is the New York Times bestselling author of numerous children's books, including the much loved Eyes That Kiss in the Corners, and Liz Kleinrock is also an author and is well known for her book entitled Start Here, Start Now, A Guide to Anti-Bias and Anti-Racist Work in Your School Community. And both of these wonderful ladies, Joanna and Liz, in addition to being highly regarded authors, are also educators who focus much of their work on promoting the principles of anti-bias, anti-racist, equity, and inclusion with their students, and of course, the larger population and now we are so lucky to have them on our show because they've joined forces to create a truly remarkable book i know each of you is going to want to share this with your own grandchildren it's called eyes that weave the world's wonders it touched me so much and i'm thrilled to welcome you both to the show so so glad to have you here
1: thank you so so much
0: Well, I I did get a chance to speak with both of you a little bit before the show started, and I'm repeating myself, but I do want our listeners to know this book touched me so much, profoundly, actually, because my own background is different from the main character in the book, but my eyes were opened to thoughts and feelings I wouldn't otherwise have experienced. So thank you so much. And, Joanna, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Can we start out by giving an overview of the story?
1: Sure, this book is um, called Eyes That Leaves the Those Wonders, and it is the story of a Korean transracial adoptee adopted into a white family. And it really is the story of her journey of understanding um, both her own family, but also exploring the questions that she has about her birth family and ultimately coming to understand that she has the power to tell her own stories and shape the course of her own life, even if she has questions that are unanswered.
0: Well, and also in addition to the story being, as I'd mentioned a bunch already, so touching and profound to those of us who may not be, you know, have personal experience with it, uh, the the writing is poetic. I've just that just totally blew me away, and I think we grandparents are going to really appreciate the sensitive and lovely way that both of you expressed your thoughts. So, Liz, how did the two of you work together when it got down to the actual writing of the story?
2: No, I think Joanna approached it with so much sensitivity and with such an open mind and an open heart. While this is now the third installment in the Eyes series, I really appreciate that she didn't come in with this attitude of, this is mine and we're going to just figure out how to fit you in. Like, she was just so open and so generous with her time and her mind. Um, She asked a lot of questions first, like I think she really approached this from a place of curiosity, recognizing that this is not her lived experience. Um, She listened really intently about my feelings and the memories that I described and the relationships that I've had, and I think... All of it came together really, really beautifully, like even to the point, and I will also say our illustrator, Dong-Ho, who is incredible, um, I'm even able to go back and like photo albums and find pictures that almost mirror the illustrations and the beautiful Ah. words on the page. It feels really, really incredible.
0: And Liz, I'm going to continue with you a little bit because I didn't mention in the introduction, you yourself are a transracial adoptee. So again, the insights that you gained from that experience must have, you know, that probably actually led to some of the ideas for the book.
2: I would say that it was honestly all of it. It's very much the story of me and my parents and my journey. And I don't think that... We necessarily set out to do it that way. It's just kind of what happens. Um, but it's been really incredible to see me and my family reflected on these pages. Um, and yes, I am a transracial adoptee. I was born in Korea, and I was adopted to a white-presenting Jewish family in Washington, D.C. when I was around five or six months old. Um, and I this is where I grew up.
0: Wow. And and Joanna, I know for years, even before you became an author, you have really focused on being an educator who shares, you know, much of your work on inclusion, equity, and it, it's like a mission for you, isn't it?
1: It really is. And I think it is for both Liz and I. In, and Liz, you know, I said earlier offline, but she's someone I've been following for years before. Um, I ever became a published author because she is really, I think, one uh, leader in this space in terms of teaching others how we can do this work better and how we can be better. But for me, it is absolutely a driving force. It's why I became an educator. It's why I became an author. It really impacts the way I parent and interact in the world. And I think that's one reason this collaboration with the two of us works so beautifully is because we come from... Similar places in our hearts, in terms of the desire, our desires of what we want to do and put out in the world.
0: And uh, Liz, if the focus has been uh, actually on educators or, or previous focus the book, uh, but Joanna, you've always kind of focused your work on educating young children, or, or really. So, what what led you to want to publish that first book and become an author?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I um, because my work in schools has always been about equity and inclusion. When I had my first child, I was looking for children's books for him uh, when he was an infant, and that's when I really started to become aware of the lack of inclusion and representation in children's literature. If you look at the statistics, you know, probably 50% of children's books are written by and about white children, and, it's, and less than you can, there are more books about animals than there are about all children of color, people of color combined, so the statistics oh my are pretty telling. And um, I wanted to be able to write stories that reflected me, reflected my family, um, into the world, and just add to a growing canon of books that increase the representation and show that there are not single narratives about any one of us.
0: Wow, Joanna, you just educated me on something else. I had no idea. And, you know, until you really get an understanding from someone who lives a different experience, it's so hard to, you know, even become aware of that. So, again, with your books and with your education, it's really a work, a calling. And, Liz, you too, especially because you've got that, again, that focus more on education, As a whole, I would assume, but this had to be such a special and very personal project for you.
2: Very, very much so. It's been such a dream. And this is now actually my second picture book, so trying to follow more and more in Joanna's footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh,
0: that's wonderful. That's Well, the two of you have so much in common, and I did get a chance, and Joanna kind of alluded to the fact that she was a longtime fan of yours, Liz, but it must have been <laughs> love at first sight one. when you actually met. I won't call uh, Joanna a stalker, but you followed her for years, <laughs> right, Joanna? <laughs> okay, I call,
1: I call myself one. That's Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The fan that became a co-author. The fan girl. But I know. It's like the dream. What was that experience <laughs> like when you first connected with one another? Well,
1: I was growing. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. Me too. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I was actually, the funny story is I, at the time, I was a vice principal at a high school, and Liz and I were on Zoom. It was in the middle of the pandemic, and like 10 minutes into our interview, there was a fight outside my campus, and I had to be like, <sighs> Sorry, Liz. I got to go. Let's be okay. And, um, but, you know, from there, we were able to talk and connect. And actually, I don't know when we met in person for the first time, but it really did feel like meeting an old friend.
2: Was it when you were wow. in DC or when it was, I came out to San Francisco? I can't remember. I remember when you came to San Francisco. <laughs> and we had Italian food.
1: <laughs> yes, we did.
0: Well, I, it must have felt, you know, like, what, Two children, whether they're sisters from another mother, or whatever that saying is, because you, sh- you do share so much, and how wonderful to have created such a beautiful work of art. We've only got a minute left. I wish I could talk with you longer, but I want to mention that the illustrations are wonderful. They're by Dung Ho, and I'm just wondering, Joanne, is that any relation? No,
1: we're not really. She's Vietnamese and she lives in Vietnam, but we share a similar last name, which is pretty cool.
0: Wow. Well, like I said, I wish I could continue on with you, but you have a whole lineup of people you need to speak with today. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for not only opening my eyes to your beautiful work and your mission, but making such a beautiful work that we can share with our grandchildren and they can share with others. So thank you. I appreciate your time, your wonderful creativity, and your commitment to diversity. Thank you both for coming on the show. Thank, thank you so much me. for having us. Well, and for all of you listeners out there, make sure you do check guys. I, I- Check out the story, Eyes That Weave the World's Wonders. It's not only a delightful read, but it's got a compelling message. And, in fact, it's guaranteed to open your eyes to experiences of adoptees and their families, as well as the lives of people who have differing backgrounds than our own. So your grandchildren are going to love it, and it's going to give you a lot of food for thought and an opening to an important discussion. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying
1: I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. With Lucky Lancelot, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.